Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, I'm Doug Krisner. This is uh, Bloomberg Markets, and we're brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com. Or you can give them a call there at one eight six six sector etf 47 past the hour. Kind of a down day for the equity market. We had a couple of Fed speakers uh, that rattled markets kind of midday Wall Street time. To begin with, uh, Fed Vice Chair Stan Fisher was saying high asset prices may lead to future stability risk. And the president of the San Francisco Bank, John Williams, was on the wire saying he's somewhat concerned about complacency in financial markets. In his words, the stock market still seems to be running very much on fumes. Hmm. Although when she was speaking in the U.K., Fed Chair Janet Yellen saying, yeah, asset prices may be high, but it's not something the Fed is targeting. Dow Industrials minus three-tenths of one percent. We have the S&P 500 weaker by about six-tenths of one percent. Class A shares in Google getting clocked down 2.3 percent after that record fine from the European Union. And uh, the weakness in Google helping to lead the uh, NASDAQ composite weaker by about 1.4%. Nestle buying back $21 billion in common equity. This is the first strategic move since Dan Loeb's hedge fund third point bought a stake in Nestle. Over in the bond market, U.S. 10-year Treasury's got a yield of 2.20%. A rebound in crude oil, WTI, better by 2% right now, 44.26. You're caught up on markets. Let's get back to Carol and more Bloomberg markets. All right. Doug Krisner, thank you so much. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Jenna Dagenhart. The Fed is certainly the financial focus for a lot of investors right now, but some could care less about rate hikes. Many people are holding on to dividend ETFs. The largest is the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF with the ticker VIG. Its top three sectors are soft drinks, software, and pharmaceuticals. The top three holdings are Microsoft, Pepsi, and Johnson & Johnson. Because they believe in these, in the health of these companies and in how consistent they are, then they trust their money in this fund for longer periods of time. Bloomberg ETF reporter Carolina Wilson says it's a safe bet, but not one yielding high returns, only about 2%. Less than the 10-year Treasury note, about the same as the S&P. P500 index. So some may ask, well, what's the true value of owning this thing? Sure, you're getting exposure to some healthy companies, but are you really okay with giving up that much yield, especially when you can get the S&P 500 for almost nothing? For many, the value is safety. So this is something that is going to help them stay away from unwanted volatility, unwanted risk. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Jenna Dagenhart. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Mazur and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. All right, everybody, tech stocks. If I take a look, they're roughly up about 15% this year. Our next guest suggests buying any of the big five tech names on pullbacks. Let's bring in D.R. Barton. He's chief technical strategist at uh, moneymorning.com. We find him on the phone from Newark, Delaware. Uh, D.R., nice to have you back here on Bloomberg Radio. Uh, yep. We talk about tech stocks a lot. Dave Wilson, our Bloomberg Stocks uh, columnist earlier, just saying it's not just really those five names. It's a much more broader-based rally in the tech names. When you look at tech as a group, as an equity group, on a technical basis, what do you see? Well, 
I see Carol, and uh, thanks again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the thing, the thing that I really, um, that I really see here is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, two and a half weeks now, we we got this quote tech wreck, and uh, you know where we had a big draw, drop for a couple of days, and on the ninth followed through on the twelfth, and a lot of people were saying, well, maybe it's time to unwind some of these names, and I think that's just a bit premature, uh, you know, technically. What happened to support the rest of the market while the NASDAQ was having a pullback, I thought was very strong. The VIX didn't move much. Gold didn't, uh, didn't support that move. Bonds did not support that move down, uh, or, you know, follow it or, or, uh, confirm it. Let's say is probably a better word than support. So I don't think that there's anything in particular going on here that's really scary, except maybe some profit taking, as you said, on some names that are up really strong across the whole sector for the, uh, for this uh, for this year. Hey, DR, though, uh, you mentioned a couple of indicators that you're watching the VIX. There are a lot of people who say, I don't think it's a really reliable indicator. What are what are reliable technical indicators that you have found historically have proved to be kind of the most reliable? Yeah, I think one of the things going into it, if you're trying to pull out a major top, Carol, you know, and, and, and as several people, more than several people are calling for a major topping action here, those major tops, if we go back 20, 30 years, they just don't happen when a few things are going on. Number one, market breadth. I know you have a very, uh, a very well, well-read, um, uh, uh, listenership and, mm-hmm. uh, but, but market breadth is just how many, uh, how broad is the participation? You already mentioned it's not just the big five stocks. We saw that in August of 2015 when we had that, uh, when we had that 12% pullback, only the fang stocks were really advancing. We had very poor breadth and that was a, a, t- a tell that we might have a, a, a push down. Here, the breadth, the, accum- the cumulative advanced decline line, to be specific on an indicator I watch very closely, um, it's still going up. The slope is up, and we just have not seen any major tops made in the past 30 years when that's happening. All right, so that's interesting. So you say if you see a pullback in Facebook or Amazon or Netflix or Google, you would be a buyer. Yeah, I, I think those those stocks that you just mentioned are real kind of legacy stocks, Carol. They're they're stock they're winning the game. They have been winning the game for a long time in their respective fields. They're dominant players, and I think that the run-ups that we keep having that we saw the summer of fifteen that we saw this year, um, you know, those kind of run-ups because they're just beating everybody else are going to continue to happen. So buying them on pullbacks and putting the, Putting them away in your portfolio is just a really prudent move. Hey, what do you look at, DR, to just say that it's not just a momentum play going on and everybody kind of chasing the names that have run up specifically, especially with so much money going into ETFs, index ETFs specifically? Uh, you know, you just look at the flows into Vanguard uh, index funds and ETFs specifically. Um, there's a lot of money going into one trade. So what do you do to figure out if the momentum trade is kind of a dangerous one. 
Sure, I, and, and I like that, you know, one of the things I think of is I kind of like having that momentum behind us, you know, going with the, going with the broader tide of, uh, of, of what's happening. But, but it's, a, it's a great point you make, and if we weren't going in and seeing Facebook still adding eyeballs, still uh, driving up their, their ad dollar per user numbers in the U.S. and still have a lot of upside in Asia and Europe for that metric, if Google wasn't continuing to get, you know, year-over-year increases in ad revenues and go on down the list. Uh, you know, Amazon finally doing what they do, turning plus turning a little bit of a profit. You know, when all of these things are showing the continued health, then I don't uh, I don't get worried that we're just in a momentum play. But like you say, I I personally don't like buying tops, mm-hmm. so I love buying things on a pullback. <laughs> um, so what have you just got about thirty seconds, Dr. What have you been buying sure. on a pullback? Most recently. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, an- another thing that I really like, um, and I keep adding to my Facebook position for sure. That's just one that I think is going to be, uh, you know, many, many, many years of good run. But I like, uh, I like Zillow, um, which is a, which is the real estate mm-hmm. company just because they combine Facebook number of eyeballs. 80% of all new home buyers have looked at a home on Zillow. That is huge. And they've also just been doing well in earnings. They've had a good momentum run up. They had a pullback here in May. We bought a bunch then. And I think that's just another stock that's going to continue to beat everybody in their space. All right. We're going to leave it on that note. DR, thanks so much for your time uh, this Tuesday afternoon. DR Barton, he is Chief Technical, sorry about that, Chief Technical Strategist at MoneyMorning.com, joining us on the phone from Newark, Delaware. Uh, and uh, he mentioned Zillow. That stock, by the way, is up about 32% so far this year. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Mm-hmm.